You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. Food feature. And it's exactly that. Time to speak food, culinary experience, and all of that. Chef Wandile Mabasu is right in front of me. Uh, he's the owner and head of uh, a Chef La Creative Restaurant. And more than anything else, uh, he is an award-winning chef. You would know that uh, he's Chef of the Year at uh, the Lux, at the Lux Restaurants Award. And uh, he's been in this business for many, many years, actually over 17 years of experience in the culinary arts and uh, recently named Chef of the Year at the Lux Restaurant Awards. Chef Mawasu is a creative food artist and uh, he's full of global experiences. He's been to New York doing his stuff. And uh, uh, speaking of which, uh, in New York at a French restaurant, a three-star restaurant, Le Bernardine and two Star Michelin Daniel restaurant. He's the owner of Le Creative, situated in Bryanston. Chef, welcome. Thank you, Tabo. Are you good? Uh, it's always great to be here, and I'm always lucky on the show. Listen to me. I'm just thinking the environment of the kitchen is always so heated. At least we see it on TV, and that's what we perceive. But is it as heated as 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 we see it to be on TV? Well, it depends on the establishment, but yeah. I think it gets worse than what you see on TV. And are you, are you, are you like one of those intense chefs, uh, Gordon Ramsay and all of them in the kitchen shouting instructions? Is that your personality in the kitchen? Well, it's not so much shouting instructions, yeah. but it's, it's just uh, motivating yeah. the team uh, yeah. more than anything. But there's no um, violence of any sort <laughs> or intimidation. I think that's more old school. I think yeah. we, we're the new generation of chefs and uh, I think it would be stupid to behave like this in yeah. this day and age. 17 years of experience, it all started with an internship. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, um, so 17 years obviously makes you seem like a veteran, but <laughs> I haven't even reached my 40s. But yeah. um, I started very early at the age of 17 and that's how it stretched out to so many mm, years. Mm. But it was always a, a hobby and a passion uh, which obviously became a career and as a result i've stuck to it for all these years and it's it's been fruitful for me so far mm, mm, mm. and what 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 made you kick off what was the inspiration behind you starting and saying i'm going into the kitchen you know when we were growing up uh, in soweto back in those days um you wouldn't know any chef uh, regardless of any chef of color for that matter so Inspiration didn't really come around um, in the country, so it was more on TV, watching Jamie mm. Oliver, mm. and just the appreciation and love for food. You mm. know, I mean, we started cooking pigeons at ten years old yes. in in, in <laughs> Ekasi, yeah. You know, so you know the the passion for cooking and the whole process has always been there. But once you see chefs on TV like Jamie Oliver, yeah, you start to understand that oh wow, this actually could be a career. It could go further. And then the rest is really, you know, convincing your parents that this is a profession for yeah. a black man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> At yeah. that day and age, you know, now it's different because there's uh, uh, food networks everywhere. There's yeah. celebrity shows, yeah. but back then it was different. Back then it was different altogether. I mean, I remember in high school, I took out home economics for just a week and uh, the other guys started laughing at me. <laughs> and then I thought, no, I'll go back to geography uh, simply because of the stigma at the time that was associated with. But now, obviously, now that we are more more exposed it's something different no now it's become something else mm. and you know those of us that have been in the industry we look at where it's gonna go in the future yeah and, 
Like it's really, really phenomenal. And, you know, the future looks great for the industry, most especially in the country, mm. because we're in a phase where now we're going to really discover ourselves mm. uh, uh, um, and stop really replicating what Europe and America is doing mm. uh, in terms of fine dining and everything. So there's a lot to explore in yes. the country. There's a lot of uh, uh, different cultures. Yeah. You know, we've got the Indian Ocean, Atlantic. We've got a desert in the north. Mm. I think those things, and when it comes to food, they haven't been discovered. So it's mm. exciting to see what we can discover in the next 10 years in the country. Is that part of uh, the African gastronomy that you're so passionate about? Yes, definitely. And we're actually calling it Afrik Modern. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we don't want to you know, leave it just to the south of Africa. You know, mm. I believe that we can extend it throughout Africa because we are all connected one way or another. And it's really about discovering what is our tradition, what is our food culture. Mm. You know, I think we can talk about what our food culture is. Like people say, we eat bup, we eat this, we eat yeah. that. But the reality is that, you know, people eat more tribe in the world than, yeah. they eat, than we eat it. Yeah, you know. You're um, kidding me. Yeah, mm. I mean the Chinese eat more tripe than we do. The French eat more tripe than we do. That uh, I the French know. eat more pork trotters than we do, and the Mexicans eat more pop than we do. So mm. you ask yourself the question: Why are we calling this our food? Mm. Everyone's consuming mm. it. Mm. So it's that journey in really discovering what is our culture, what is our food, because. You would go to a restaurant and there's ostrich or kudu on yeah. the menu and they would say that's South African food. Yes, it is in the south of Africa, but we did not grow up eating ostrich. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I can talk to you for hours and hours, but I, yeah. I know that uh, you guys are a bit uh, sensitive about your food being cold and everything else. So I just yeah. wanna, uh, want us to dig into the food. But before that, congratulations on... Um, Chef of the Year. Uh, tell us a little bit about the Lux Restaurants Awards uh, for someone who may not know about them. And you were, uh, you were the Chef of the Year. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and thank God and thanks to Lux. Uh, so these are the Hospitality Council Awards, uh, which they have different categories of uh, hospitality um, establishments. Mm-hmm. And they would award either indigenous restaurant, fine dining restaurant, mm-hmm. just to recognize them. And I think it's about three years now uh, since it uh, first started. And mm. uh, luckily after COVID, which was the first one mm. earlier this year, and I was lucky to receive that award, which uh, we really worked hard for as well. Fantastic. Like I said, I can t- talk to you for hours and I'm hoping that you'll come back on the show yeah. uh, simply because I'd love to explore some of your experiences internationally. How did you find the, the, uh, the kitchens like therein? But firstly, tell us what do we have in front of us? I tried this in the, uh, be- just before the show kicked off. And what do I have in front of me? It looks stunning, well-plated. A little bit of uh, yellow towards mustard color. And in the middle, there is a roundish kind of meat. And I would leave, I'll leave it up to you to describe the rest because I don't want to mess it up with uh, the food technology and terminology. Yes. Um, so the colors that you see in the presentation yeah. and the combination of ingredients there mm. is really what Afrik Modern uh, uh, is all about, mm. uh, the cuisine. So it's taking uh, traditional food as we know it mm-hmm. um, and, and really modernizing it in a way where it looks uh, extremely modern. Mm. Uh, that's actually beef tongue, uh, ox tongue. Uh, ox something, tongue. Yeah, it's something okay. that we grew up eating yeah, yeah. in the townships yeah. and it's, it's really a humble But it looks fancy here. It doesn't look like... 
Definitely. Yeah. I mean, the whole idea is to elevate it, you mm. know, take it from a humble ingredient that costs you 20 rand in the streets yeah. to something that you can charge 500 bucks. <laughs> but yeah. it's worth it because there's a lot of uh, attention to detail. Um, and we braise that uh, beef tongue for about mm. eight hours, super soft. What? And we pepper crust it and then we grill it. Uh, and it's served mm. with a, a, a potato puree or a mashed potato, which yes. is infused with chakalaka. And you can see is this how, a mashed potato here? Yes. Okay. Yes, I know it looks like a <laughs> yeah. flower. <laughs> it does. Yeah. So. Yeah, but it, I'm digging in as you are talking, by the way, and yeah. Uh, yeah. So this is local stuff. This is uh, definitely given, local. Given a certain touch of elegance, and so our food can also be elegant, belong in those top restaurants, and deliver fine dining. Definitely. I mean, you, the people who've done it well are, are the Italians and the mm. French. You know, they've taken things like pasta. That's a humble ingredient. Yeah. Uh, risotto is something that was created during yeah. the war for sustainability. It's yeah. peasant food. But they've, they've managed to elevate it to a point where you now go to a restaurant and pay an arm and a leg mm. for peasant mm. food, pretty much. Fantastic. This is just too yummy. Yeah. Like I said, I feel underdressed. Had I known about this, I would have come to the studio with my tuxedo and uh, a napkin, and I would have looked elegant eating this stunning, stunning food. So before we go to the dessert, you've got a different other plate. Yes. And uh, I must mention that this plate looks a little bit different, and uh, it looks different simply because you have also not only prepared the dish, but these are your plates. You make them yourself. Yes, that's mm -hmm. correct. Um, so the restaurant called Le Creatif, it means the creatives. And obviously mm -hmm. the French behind it is because of my background and training. But we stick to the ethos of creativity where we change the dishes and the menu every two weeks. Mm -hmm. And we create our own plates and we try to push the boundaries when it comes to creativity in food so yes these uh, plates we make them ourselves we call mm. them afrikaso and that's in collaboration with imiso zizi poposo and andile and dialvane in mm. woodstock and uh, the whole idea is really to honor the fact that we love picasso and the fact that picasso is inspired by africa yeah so you see the paintbrushes are, are strokes of yes picasso, yes but the colors and and everything else represents africa and yeah that, that was the whole concept do you sell them not yet. Um, so, yeah. I mean, for the last three years, we've been developing them for three years. Um, and what you see now is actually something that's been used industrially for three years. And a lot of people have been asking me why, but my processes are different and I always try to make sure of quality. So I wanted to check yeah. the the quality in it and how long it lasts and also produce uh, uh, more for the range. And then I think sure. probably by early next year, we'll have them in the market. 26 minutes after one o'clock. This is 7.02. My name is Thabo Shodamashao. My guest, esteemed guest, is none other than Wandile Mabaso, a chef, executive chef at Lea Creative and uh, culinary arts director at WM Group. Also the founder of the founder of uh, Wandi Lemabaso Foundation, ambassador of French gastronomy to South Africa, Ministre del Europe et d'Affaires Estrangere. 
Uh, I tried my French. I le parle petit français. So my French is very limited. That's all that I know. I'm sure I've messed up a whole lot of other things. I know in the building a couple of people speak French, including Clement. So I must uh, polish up my French there. But chef, tell tell me about what what do I have in front of me? But before that, let me just urge you to give us a call if you want to uh, participate in the discussion. 011-883-0702. 011 883 So in front of me in the last remaining few minutes what do what do we have all right so once again representing us and where we come from mm-hmm. uh, we've got goat all right and Ooh. and obviously goat is something that we we don't eat uh, yes. a, a lot yeah uh, although we think we do uh, we only eat it when when we slaughter you know so yes um, you never go to a restaurant and actually find it and the North Africans or the West Africans eat it more than mm. us. And in Botswana they serve it as yeah. well. Yeah. Mm. So for me it was important to bring this through and what we've done is we've braised the goat um, inspiration from Jamaicans that I've worked mm. with uh, mm. back in, in, in the US and being in Jamaica as well and seeing how everything is about balance. So mm. the most important thing about the goat is that it's tough and it stinks so what do you do you cook it longer and braise it to to break down the fibers and then you also add spices to it which jamaicans do to combat that smell and then it becomes balanced Fantastic. Um, that's served with a, a mashed potato infused yes. with coriander. Very strong flavors. It is extremely yummy. Guys, you should see me. I'm like one of those expert chef, uh, chefs tasting different plates uh, in a very heated uh, competition. I, and I'm loving every bit of it. It looks yummy. Very yummy. And tell us about the dessert, chef. All right. So the dessert, I uh, want to keep it very simple, straightforward. Mm. But obviously the flavors are very pronounced. Mm. Uh, so we've got a beautiful chocolate log there, which is made from 70% uh, Ghanaian mm-hmm. chocolate, uh, dark chocolate. Mm. And then we've got a beautiful uh, ice cream, which is made from fresh granadilla. Mm-hmm. And we're paying homage to South Africa again, or you would call it passion fruit as well. Yes. And then we've got Chantilly cream and we've got a berry gel, just straight, simple and refreshing for this kind of weather. Before we say goodbye, how do people reach you, your restaurant? How do they get in touch on social media and otherwise? Do you have to book two years in advance to come and dine and have uh, and enjoy this stunning food? Well, I hope you, I hope that's the case in the next <laughs> few months. But yeah, yeah, I think yeah. we do maybe have a week's uh, waiting list mm-hmm. um, at the moment. But um, if you need to book, we are open from Tuesdays till Saturdays, um, dinner only. And we're a small 40-seater restaurant, so it's very limited. Um, mm. And uh, you can either book online, uh, that's lecreatives.co.za, or you can go on DinePlan and find us. Uh, and then our social handles is uh, lecreatives on Instagram and chef underscore W Mabaso um, on Instagram. You should definitely come back. We've got a very long conversation to have with you about a whole lot of other things. Uh, they're just the uh, geo, also geopolitical element of food because food plays a serious role, uh, not just in the dining space, but in the politics of things as well. So I'd love to have a very intense discussion with you about food your background but this was amazing thank you so much really appreciate it and we wish you strength congratulations again with our award and i know that from here you are just going to be blazing the skies and beyond 
Thank you, Chavo. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And uh, that was uh, uh, Chef Wandile Mabaso, who's the executive chef at Le Creative and uh, culinary arts director at WM Group. Also the founder of Wandile Mabaso Foundation. Uh, he's got so many decorations, so many awards. And he's chef of the year, by the way, at the Lux Restaurants Awards. So uh, you know where to go. You know where to book if you are keen on the stunning, stunning food.